0: Hello, I'm Naomi Lee. Welcome to the latest podcast from The Lancet Oncology. The inspirational story of Stephen Sutton's battle with cancer and fundraising for the Teenage Cancer Trust has raised awareness of cancer in young people. In addition to the many challenges these patients encounter, it's acknowledged that the gain in cancer survival seen over the past 20 years has been lower in this group. A review published today in The Lancet Oncology examines the impact of the underrepresentation of teenagers and young adults in cancer clinical trials and proposes a strategy for improving recruitment. Professor Jeremy Whelan from the Teenage and Young Adult Clinical Studies Group of the National Cancer Research Institute, an author of this review, joins us today to discuss this work. Hello, Professor Whelan. Welcome to The Lancet Oncology. Hello. Tell us a little bit about the background to your study.
1: Okay. So we started with with quite a simple question, which was roughly how many teenagers and young adults with cancer were taking part in clinical trials. The root of that question was that evidence began to emerge more than 10 years ago that this age group, roughly between 13 and 25, but sometimes extended into older young adults, um, may be disadvantaged with regard to uh, cancer outcomes. There were two key bits of information that emerged from uh, data from the United States, uh, reported by Archie Blair. First, that they, this group seemed to have gained least from improvements in cancer generally in terms of survival when compared with both patients who were younger and those who were older. The second piece of evidence, also from analysis of a relatively small number of older older trials that were carried out in the United States, was that this group were also going into clinical trials with a lower rate of, uh, of frequency than younger and older patients. Um, these two things were, were linked, um, uh, but this our job was to see whether this um, was also the case uh, in the UK.
0: Mm-hmm. So how did you go about investigating levels of participation in clinical trials for this group, teenagers and young adults?
1: Well, at, at about this time, uh, there was a release of an improving outcomes guidance from the, uh, uh, from the National Institute for Health and Clinical Excellence, which stated that all children and young people should be offered entry to any clinical research trial for which they were eligible. The National Cancer Research Institute has also established a teenager and young adult clinical study group to work across the other disease-specific groups to try to improve uh, trial participation for, for young people we began by looking at trial entry data by age for a single year in 2005. We took the trials that were most relevant um, for this age group. So trials that were designed for the cancers that occur most frequently. Of course, there are many cancers affecting young people, um, particularly leukemias, lymphomas, uh, brain tumors, sarcomas. We selected um, the diseases that account for about two-thirds of cancer in this, uh, in this age group and looked at the t- relevant trials. Um, and from that, we were able to see that uh, trial participation rates um, uh, for, for children were high, but these um, fell off uh, with increasing age. We subsequently um, continued to collect the data for uh, years after 2005. And this allowed us to do two things. First, to make comparisons um, against that initial baseline to see how things were changing. And second, to be able to track individual trials. We could look to see the effect of trials opening, trials closing. We were even, in some cases, able to look at the effect of changing the entry criteria for trials while they were actually open and to see whether that had an impact on participation rates. This built up quite a a picture which was quite consistent, but I also have to say that it was quite laborious because we had to collect this um, trial by trial as this isn't uh, readily available data. The second critical part of this was to have a denominator population, so we took incidence data for these cancer types in this age group from the nationally available data and matched those two things together.
0: And what was your finding from these research?
1: What became clear was that, in accord with the uh, success in, in the uk of of patient participation in clinical trials, that over the forty nine trials that that were were studied, um over nine thousand patients aged between uh, 0 and fifty nine years were took part. That was about fourteen percent of that incident population. Now the highest participation rates were in those aged um, between zero and fourteen years, and what we saw was that there was a big step down in trial participation beyond the age of about fourteen. So that for um, fifteen to nineteen-year-olds, for example, uh, the rate had fallen from uh, from down to 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 just thirty percent, and by for 20 to 24-year-olds, the rate had fallen even further to 14%. If you compare um, the trial participation rates of 5 to 14-year-olds with those of 15 to 24-year-olds, you see that in that second slightly older age group with the same group of cancers, the rates are are, are barely half of what one's seen in in children. So it changed from 55% to 26%. The um, second thing we were able to see by uh, looking across the six years was that there were uh, changes took place. Um, we saw that there was an improvement in, um, at over that six-year period in accrual of 15 to 19-year-olds. Uh, it was a consistent year-on-year uh, improvement such that overall there was a 13% increase in trial participation. If, however, we looked at young adults, 20- 20 to 24-year-olds in this analysis, then although there was some improvement, it was much less at just 5% across the six years. We could look at individual trials and individual tumor types. Most of the improvement, for example, came in uh, some, some tumor types, notably uh, Hodgkin's disease, um, and bone sarcomas. This was explained by the opening of trials during that, that, that period. Um, so trials becoming uh, available for young people uh, to take part. Um, we also s- were able to see the effect of changing the age eligibility for a trial in acute lymphoblastic leukemia, which led to uh, improved participation rates in 15 to 19 and 20 to 24-year-olds, within the lifetime of that trial.
0: You, you mentioned in your paper that these are cancers that specifically affect this age group. And uh, could you comment further on the importance of directing trials at the age group affected by the disease in question?
1: Well, well I, I come back to the point at the beginning was that, uh, that survival rates for young people's cancer are quite good compared with the uh, carcinomas affecting um, older populations but um, there are examples where they simply haven't improved at all um, over the last uh, two or three decades, for example, in bone sarcomas and to some extent in in brain tumors. Um, It's also uh, important that the survival rates for some of the same cancers that affect children are not as good um, as as those affected become older. A good example would be uh, acute lymphoblastic leukemia. And finally, I would say that the the return for society on improving survival in these cancers is, of course, enormous. Um, that returning young people to a full and active uh, social and uh, economic life is is certainly something we we should be striving for.
0: And your group has worked on a strategy for improving participation. I wondered if you could tell me a bit more about the five A's and. And what clinicians can do to ensure that patients are getting the best cancer care.
1: Yes, we have. During the course of this work, it, we began to look at, at the factors that influenced whether an individual young person was going to take part in a in a trial or not. Um, and we've been able to codify that um, and and to model it, um, which I think is going to be valuable for pretty much everybody who's involved in trying to improve clinical outcomes through. Uh, trials. We call that the five A's. The first of those is ap- appropriate. The study designs of trials need to be directed towards the population affected by that particular cancer. And there are many examples where just, this, this isn't necessarily the case. The study design is, of course, something that begins at the, at the very heart of the idea that comes to an investigator. So to influence this, we need to get in with investigators at a very early stage. There's also a problem about availability of trials. The second day, um, for anybody to go into a trial, there has to be a trial that's open. And we can see that um, the portfolio of trials uh, for these critical cancers that uh, affect young people is relatively sparse. For example, uh, Right now, there are uh, important diseases for which there isn't a trial open, such as um, Hodgkin's disease, um, osteosarcoma. Even when trials are available, they have to be accessible by young people. And An example for this is that trials aren't always open in the centers where young people are being treated. Um, there are a network of principal treatment centers for teenagers and young adults in this country, but only 34% of 20- to 24-year-olds are actually treated currently in in, in those centers. And those are the centers where the relevant trials are more likely to be open. So we have to make sure that the trials are where the young people are, uh, so that they can access them. The fourth A is uh, about acceptable. Um, And making sure that the the trial design is going to be something that a young person is going to give consent to take part in. Uh, The involvement of young people in in the development of of, uh, clinical trials, I think, is at a very early stage. We've involved young people uh, in um, the work of the uh, TYA clinical studies group since its inception. One of the things they're doing now is to review all the new funding applications for clinical trials that go into the main UK uh, funder. And they can look at these and see whether they're acceptable Um, whether they think that investigators need to take account of other factors that are particularly pertinent to young people. This is a unique and critical time of life, and um, it involves a number of milestones and priorities that are very specific to it and interact when uh, young people get cancer and may be asked to take part in research. The final uh, A of the five is awareness. I think it's been uh, very important the um, uh, exercise that we've taken, um, that we've undertaken here, looking at, at trial entry, in raising awareness amongst investigators, amongst funders, um, amongst young people themselves about the importance of clinical trials. That's well accepted, especially by investigators, but also where we, where there are ways we can do better. And I think that uh, recognizing the specific uh, needs of of young people at every stage of a trial's um, development from that first kernel of an idea through to uh, its um, operation is really, really important. Um, And I think that the 5A's model provides a way forward um, to hopefully ensure that the participation rates for young people continue to improve.
0: It's obviously fantastically important work, Professor Whelan. We're really grateful for you taking the time to come and speak to the Lancet Oncology and we wish you and the Teenage and Young Adult Clinical Studies Group all the best. Thank you very much. Thank you.